It's a few minutes before 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. I'm sitting in a pew at Our Lady Star of the Sea Church in the St. Rock neighborhood of New Orleans. Richard Cherie is getting the choir ready for Mass. Stop, stop, stop. Sopranos, make sure that you sing that. Give me a B-flat, please. Lift up and praise his holy name. That, that, that D-flat is very important in the chord. Tenors, let's get you real quick. Give me a uh, E-flat, right? Tenors. Lift up and praise his holy name. The pastor, Father Leon, stops by before the start of service. Good morning, Father Leon. Good morning, Father. Moments later, the Mass begins. This is the Tan Report. I'm your host, Tan Trung. And this week in the podcast, we're heading to church, a church that's running out of time. Our Lady Star of the Sea is one of 13 churches the Archdiocese of New Orleans is planning to close or combine with another church this summer. We'll get into why a bit later. But first, I think it's important to get a sense of what this church means to some of its members. I mean, that's my church. That's my home. I'm going to be there till the day that they say we can't go to Mass there anymore. That's Teresa Poche. I have been a member of Our Lady Star to Sea Catholic Church for 39 years, since I was 16. Teresa's part of the choir you heard at the top of the podcast. Having been raised Catholic, I've been to a lot of masses and have heard plenty of church music. But I've never heard a saxophone being played in church until I came to Our Lady Star of the Sea. The church is in New Orleans, the birthplace of jazz, so I guess I shouldn't be surprised that a sax is part of the choir. But safe to say, not every church has a choir like this. It's what Teresa feels most connected to. If the choir is assigned to a different church, I will probably follow where the choir goes because that is my main ministry. I mean, I I participate in all kinds of other things at church, but the choir is is my main ministry. I've been a choir member since I was 18. Our Lady Star of the Sea is a majority black Catholic church, but it wasn't that way when the parish was founded more than a century ago, in 1911. It's lots of changes, cultural change. First of all, uh, when you have a predominantly white parish, the service is different. And so even our worship service has changed over the years as we became more African-American. We gravitated towards gospel music. That's Shirley Weaver. She's been with the church for most of her life. I moved in the parish on November 22, 1967. There was a time when African Americans had to sit in one section of the church. It was a mixed community but there wasn't a lot of mixing in the church because we were few sitting in the back of the church. And nothing was really made of it. 
Either that or I was just totally naive and totally sheltered. Meet Cheryl Biko. I grew up in this community, and my earliest remembrance would be around eight years old, being a part of Our Lady Star of the Sea, at least attending Mass here. Cheryl, Teresa, and Shirley refer to the church as their family. So when it was announced last year it would be merging with another church in New Orleans, effectively closing the doors on Our Lady Star of the Sea, it was like a patient getting a terminal diagnosis. Here's Cheryl. We are a family. This is more family to me because it's my church family. My family members do not attend here. My children live in different places. My church family is really important to me because this is where that faith community that says the same things that I say and thinks the same way that I think can meet and enjoy the presence of the Lord here. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's, it's like a death. It, it's very similar to a death in the family, and I have not come to grips with that. I am still hopeful and prayerful that this is not going to be the end of our church. And like a family that's about to lose a loved one, the parishioners are experiencing a lot of emotions. For Shirley Weaver, there's anger. I was mad as a six-shooter, and I still am kind of angry about it. Because I think money, money is the driving force on that, and I don't think that's how you run God's work. Initially, Teresa Poche was shocked. How did you feel when the Archdiocese placed Our Lady Star of the Sea on that list of consolidation and closing? Well, as a part of the Finance Council, I'm always aware of you know the financial needs of the parish, and and although we are a small parish, we tend to come together as needed and we have paid off a good bit of our debt and stuff to the church so we were kind of surprised we knew there were some areas that we need to improve on but i was surprised that the decision was made that it was we were going to close for cheryl biko there's resentment my feelings are that we weren't given a choice we weren't given an opportunity to say well, let us see what we can do. You know, you have a year to see what you can do. This, Here, this feels very top-down to you. Yeah. Here's the assessment. This has to change. Okay, good. Let us give you our plan for change. Let us see what we can do to encourage this parish to grow. And it doesn't just have to be black Catholics that are here. You know, I go to churches where, you know, it's black, white, Hispanic, Asian, you know, everybody can go there. It just seems like there's a target, and we're dead center of that target. And that's not a good feeling. It uh, just feels like um, almost a betrayal of trust. These women aren't fair-weather Catholics. They don't miss Mass. They consistently put money in the collection basket and volunteer when most would prefer to stay home. So it was pretty remarkable to me to hear them express their frustration and disappointment with the Archdiocese of New Orleans so openly. But it also speaks to how much they care about their church 
And I want to make a distinction between their church and the church. The women want to save their church. They're not necessarily trying to save or defend the broader Catholic church, because they believe the actions and in some cases the inaction of its leaders have contributed to the situation they're facing, which is the imminent closing of their church. And this leads us to why Our Lady Star of the Sea and other parishes will be going through these changes. It boils down to people and money, two things the Roman Catholic Church has been steadily losing for decades. For the Archdiocese of New Orleans, the decrease in the number of people going to church, and thus their donations, has been compounded by a sharp rise in the cost of maintaining its 200-plus pieces of property. Here's a portion of a video message from Archbishop Gregory Amond, the head of the Archdiocese of New Orleans. A parish sustainability committee was formed to provide each parish with a profile that highlighted its strengths and its weaknesses. There is no doubt that our parishes, in fact our entire area, have been affected by many factors out of our control, such as natural disasters such as floods and hurricanes over the past decade, the COVID pandemic, the challenges of Hurricane Ida recovery, inflation, and skyrocketing property insurance rates that impact our church communities just as they impact our families and our businesses. The video was released last October when the Archdiocese announced it was going to consolidate 11 parishes, permanently close seven churches, and consolidate three territories. That plan basically would close 10% of the 111 parishes in the Archdiocese. It's the most significant restructuring plan for the Archdiocese of New Orleans since the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina when it merged 40 parishes and closed 27 churches. As you heard from some of the members of Our Lady Star of the Sea, they were devastated to hear their church was part of this latest plan. St. Mary of the Angels and Our Lady Star of the Sea, both in New Orleans, will come together as one new parish. The mergers will take place on July 1st of this year. The Archbishop acknowledged how tough the process has been. Let us be clear and honest that these are difficult and painful decisions for everyone involved. When I returned to New Orleans in 2009, I never imagined that I would be in the situation of having to merge parishes. This is painful. It is difficult for all of us. But this is something that we must do for the good of the local church and something that is being done in Catholic dioceses around the country. In that video, there was no mention of an issue which has deeply affected the Catholic Church and many people's perception of it. Accusations of sex abuse by clergy or employees of the Archdiocese. There was also no mention of the bankruptcy protection the Archdiocese of New Orleans had filed for in 2020. Other Catholic dioceses in the U.S. have done the same in recent years after similar allegations. For the Archdiocese of New Orleans, it's facing more than 500 claims of sexual abuse. If each of those claimants receives $300,000, which is the national average for such settlements, the Archdiocese would be looking at about $150 million in payouts. To some members of Our Lady Star of the Sea, that's the biggest reason why their church and others are being merged. Here again is Teresa Poche. I do think some decisions made by the Archdiocese previously have influenced people not to attend church and not to attend Mass. Are you I, talking about the, the issues scandals with this, and, sex abuse yes, scandals? Yes, I think that has has disillusioned some people about attending services. I also think that the population in general just 
have different mindsets, especially the younger generation. And I don't think that the church really kept up and kind of transformed themselves enough to kind of reach those, the mindset of those, that generation. Adapting to the Adapted times, to really. the needs of the, of the younger people. I think we kind of got stuck in the mold of this is how we always did it. And this is how we're going to continue to do it. And I think we should have been adapting to the changing society and the mindset of the people that that were younger in the church. In a way, do you feel like Our Lady Star of the Sea is being punished or being victimized because of the lack of, I guess, vision from the leadership? Not just from here locally, but just from the Vatican as well. And I, I kind of do. And the, the point that I have for the, our church is... There are other properties associated with our church. So there's a school building and there's a rectory and then there's the church. I feel like if it was a financial issue, the school could have been sold and the revenue from the sale of that property could have maybe been used to keep the church open Um, or the rectory could have been sold and that revenue could have been used to keep the church. If we, if it was a financial issue, there were other avenues to get money other than closing the church because there's other properties associated with the church that could have been a means to funding the church. I mean, I think we were paying our bills. We were paying our assessments to, you know, to the archdiocese. We were keeping up with what we needed to keep up with. The church is old. It's over 100 years old. So with anything, it's going to need money for repairs and different things. And to think that the parishioners are the only responsible parties for the upkeep of a 100-year-old church, it's not really realistic. Our Lady Star of the Sea went through something similar after Katrina, but it managed to come back because parishioners came together to help rebuild the church, physically and financially. Here's Cheryl Biko. The parish was was sound. We had a lot of people who came, and it was a lot of family members. So when we did the sign of peace, people were all over the church, you know, greeting one another, hugging and kissing. And this was after that storm. So after Katrina, you, you just saw everybody coming together because we were so happy to see one another. And that was a good time for us. But that didn't last. Our Lady Star of the Sea, like many Catholic churches throughout the country, has struggled to keep its members and find new ones. That directly affects its bottom line and the money it needs to send to the archdiocese. The day I visited the church's rectory to gather some interviews was the same day volunteers were set to count the weekly offerings to the parish. Two women were waiting near the rectory's kitchen. They needed three people to begin counting. That's their protocol. When the third volunteer arrived, they started counting. And are these the collections for this past week? Just this past week? Mm -hmm. Okay. Saturday. This is Saturday. Mm-hmm. First collection. It didn't take long, about five minutes. One volunteer told me donations have been thin for a while. Over the years, yes, but I find since they told us that we're closing, our collections have gone up because mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. trying to fight it. 
Nobody wants to lose our church. Near the end of Mass the previous weekend, Cheryl Biko made a pretty blunt announcement to the parish. And thank you, Father, for allowing me to say just a couple of words about our attendance at Mass and our contributions at Mass. Those were two of the factors that we were judged upon when decisions were made about whether or not our church would stay open. We need to give more to the church so that we can still pay our bills. So everybody has to give up something during the week when you're saying, hmm, I'd like to go to Melba's. They have a special one today. Don't put that Melba's money on the side and give it to the church on Sunday. Any little things you can do will make a big difference. Mardi Gras is coming. I know everybody wants their outfit. No. Wear the same jeans you've been wearing and get a shirt. That's the great uncle. There are things we can do. When you were at the pulpit near the end of Mass, you urged people, look, if you're going to get a Mardi Gras outfit, if you want to go to Melba's and eat, try to bypass that and give that to the church. Right. <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to ask is, is there some blame to take on by the parishioners and not doing enough to save their own parish? Yes, I would say that is true because we're all faced with financial decisions. Am I going to pay this bill or that bill? Am I going to pay the full bill or just something on it? And to be clear, this is not a very affluent parish or neighborhood. But we do have people who care enough to give. And all I'm saying is give more. You know, just give up something. I was a smoker many years ago, and I never knew how much it costs to be a smoker until I quit. And then I walked around with change in my pocket. I'm like, why do I have this money? But I would never leave home without having enough money to buy cigarettes. So that's when I realized how much money I was throwing away. And I started giving more, doing more, in other places, but you have to have the presence of mind to see where you can pull those dollars from. What can you give up? It's called sacrifice. But how big of a sacrifice? Is there an amount of money that the parish could raise to save itself? Cheryl believes there is. The financial numbers are less than we need to operate. We were close to a good level with our operating budget, but the insurance for this building, as for the city, has increased. Are we talking, and I don't want to dig too deep into the Mm -hmm. numbers here, are we talking hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands, millions? What are we talking about? No, right now, well, let's say our amount that we needed, they said weekly, was $6,000 prior to the insurance going up. The amount of offerings that right. you need. needs to come in at about 6000 And now it has raised to 8500 People didn't get 8500 in raises you know, to be able to pay that. 
weekly. So we were struggling to meet that 8,500 as we were struggling at 6,000. Considering the number of people coming to church, it's hard to see how the parish can raise that kind of money. Just my observation, okay? But our average number of participants in the Mass, it runs about 85, 85 to 100, depending on what the activity is that's going on. What was that like back in the day, the numbers? If you're, if you're seeing 85 parishioners I on a weekly say, basis, what was it like before? I would say about 300. Wow. I've been just, just looking at the configuration of the church, well, let me put it between 200 and 300. The Archdiocese of New Orleans is the second oldest Catholic archdiocese in America. Only the Archdiocese of Baltimore is older. For many generations, this region of southeast Louisiana has been reliably Catholic. But the number of Catholics has shrunk, and so has the footprint of the Archdiocese of New Orleans. In 1976, there were 165 parishes in the archdiocese. Today, there are 111. That's a decrease of 32%. It represents a dramatic shift away from the Catholic faith. Cheryl, Teresa, and Shirley have seen it in their parish, and even in their own families. Teresa raised her kids Catholic, hoping they would stay with the church. I have three. They have all received all their sacraments through Our Lady's Daughter's Eve, their baptism, their First Communion, and their confirmation, all three of my kids. My oldest don't attend Catholic Church anymore, and um, they went to Catholic school, they went to Catholic high school, but for whatever reason, they left the church and I could not convince them to come back. It's hard to see, you know, because you think you raised them in a certain way, in a certain mindset, and then for them to kind of leave. And when I ask them about returning, they're pretty honest. was like, Mom, I'm, I'm just not coming back to the Catholic Church. It's, that's difficult to, to hear. Have they ever given you a reason why? Some of it is with the leadership. Some of it is with the belief system. I think that their beliefs about certain things, you know, honestly, the issues of abortion and sex before marriage and those kind of aspects, they're different from what their belief system is. So I think that was part of the reason. I have a goddaughter. That's Shirley Weaver speaking. Who, uh, a few years ago, she stopped going to the Catholic Church, and she said it's because I wasn't getting anything out of it. And I said, what were you putting in it? But the, when they go to the Protestant churches, you know, they, it's emotional, and they're looking for that feeling. But you have to put emotion in to get it out, too. It's not a show. You don't, you don't go to church for a show. Do you think the Catholic Church needs to adapt to the times, though? They need to reach out to people, and they need to stop closing churches. If you close almost every church in, especially the inner city, where do you think your people are going? First of all, they're disillusioned anyway, and you, you're not giving them anywhere to go. That's supposedly feeding them. They're not being fed. Cheryl Biko says the Archdiocese doesn't seem to be doing much to attract new followers. And she believes its latest consolidation plan only alienates the followers it does have, especially black Catholics. People are leaving the Catholic Church, the Catholic faith. You know, and that bothers me. I, I, I don't know where, they're, where they are now. Why do you think they're, they're leaving? Why do you think? Obviously, there could be many reasons, but 
What do you think? What have you heard? I, I, I don't know that the church, that the Catholic church is really providing what the everyday person needs. I don't know what's lacking, but I know that the mega churches that are here, the big churches here, are taking in new participants in that church, in those churches, on a weekly basis. They're having more and more people join there. So my question is, you know, well, where are we going to get more Catholics? Because we've had schools closed on us. And it, and it seems predominantly black schools, I'm going to say it, you know, black Catholic schools have been closed. And now you're closing black Catholic parishes. The school would keep us with more kids to learn Catholicism, but we don't have a school anymore here. I, I don't know if there are any left elementary schools in black parishes. And now when you're closing the churches too, that just doesn't fit right. To me, there should be another solution. In the Catholic faith, God is all-powerful. But some parishioners feel like it's the almighty dollar that'll have the final say on the future of their church. The real estate is valuable. When Katrina hit, the um, property, all pieces on both blocks, were insured for over $4 million. And I'm sure that's what it would cost to restore anything if it got damaged now. But it's money. It's all about money. That's why I'm angry. Not, I'm, I'm sad that the church is closing. I'm angry for the, because of the reason why it's closing. Because of all the uh, activity in this neighborhood with sales of houses. and They're selling houses like crazy around here. Gentrification. Yes. Yes, which is okay. You know, if you get, get, get out the people who are the, are the criminals, not all of us are criminals. They know they can make money if they sell these buildings and they need money. That's just the bottom line. I reached out to the Archdiocese of New Orleans to see if it wanted to be part of this story. I never got a reply. But in the Archbishop's message about the consolidation plan, he did mention that two parishes that were, for lack of better words, teetering, managed to turn things around and would stay open. But for the rest of the parishes on the list... There's a sense the outcome is inevitable. So while she still can, Teresa Poche is taking every opportunity to be with her church and its people. You know, I'm, I'm wondering, like, what do you feel when you're in church now? Does it, does it feel any different from what it did before, knowing it might, it might does. not be there? It does. And, and at the core, um, try not to get upset. We are a praying parish. And would I like it to be there another 100 years? Yes. The reality is not going to be there. So, I mean, when, when I go to church on Sunday, I try to appreciate the fact that I, I'm here now and that I'll continue to come and I'll continue to pray and I'll continue to follow my faith there until the journey is over. Sorry. You know, I think about the fact that I won't see my friends, my church family, 
anymore. Um, not like I used to. And then you realize you won't see, you won't see them anymore. You won't see the kids. You won't see the parents, um, people that pass away in the church. Their funerals won't be at that church. My daughter can't get married at that church. So it's difficult. Teresa and Cheryl told me they will remain Catholic, but they won't join the new parish that will be formed when Our Lady Star of the Sea is combined with St. Mary of the Angels. They refuse to have the Archdiocese determine which church they'll go to next. They say that's something between them and God. In New Orleans, I'm Tom Trung for WWL Radio. (laughs) 